Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. This month, we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I want to honor his life and his legacy by sharing with you his most historic and famous speech called, I Have a Dream. So would you please just sit back and listen to these words carefully and realize in context of what we have been talking about the last two weeks, total forgiveness, how important this message is today, just as important as it was then. So I hope you enjoy it. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination 100 years later the negro lives on a lonely island of poverty i have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal One day live in a nation where they will not be judged 
struggle for social justice that took place mainly during the 1950s and 1960s for blacks to gain equal rights under the law in the United States. The Civil War had officially abolished slavery, but it didn't end discrimination against blacks. That continued to endure, they, excuse me, continued to endure the devastating effects of racism, especially in the South. By the mid-20th century, African Americans had had more than enough of prejudice and violence against them. They, along with many whites, mobilized and began an unprecedented fight for equality that spanned two decades. The I Have a Dream speech by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was given August 28, 1963. Folks, that is some 50, almost 57 years ago. And yet... In this great country of America, we still see the effects of racism and discrimination. And so you see how that 
becomes a part of what I've been talking about, total forgiveness. See, racism, racism racism is a sin, and what happens is that people get offended in their heart because of the prejudice against them, of the violence against them, and people can bury that deep in their heart and carry that for many, many, many years. So racism isn't just about black and white people. Racism can be uh, manifested in a variety of ways. I think I mentioned one time about how I grew up being racist toward Croatian people because the Croatians had put my grandmother in a concentration camp. And my grandmother did not like Croatians. And of course, I grew up as a child not liking Croatians either. In fact, hating them because of what they had done to my grandmother. So you can see that for a lot of different reasons, uh, depending on uh, how we're raised, uh, how we grow up, what things we're exposed to, we can have those kinds of things deep in our heart as well. So today we're, we're talking again about total forgiveness. And I'm basing this out of the book by the author R.T. Kendall called Total Forgiveness. So I think that this I dream, I have a dream speech is important. Because you can understand how people can carry deep, deep prejudice in their heart to the point that it even causes people to be violent in their actions and behavior. And that's the last thing we want to do as Christians. So in talking about total forgiveness today, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that you're a good father and you desire for your children not to walk with any kind of prejudice in our heart but lord your desire for us is to have a pure clean heart and that means erasing everything in our heart that is not or does not line up with your scriptures so we ask you holy spirit to begin to do and continue to do a deep work in our heart to expose every kind of sin that's that's dormant or lying hidden deep in our heart so that father we can come to that place of repentance and and cleansing and begin to walk with a pure and clean heart father we thank you for the work that you're doing in us in the name of jesus amen so let's continue on what total forgiveness is not. Last week we concluded with number five, reconciliation. And maybe it would be good for me just to go ahead and go through those quickly. What total forgiveness is not. Number one, it's not approval of what people have done to us. Number two, it's not excusing what they have done to us. Number three, it's not justifying what they did. Number four, it's not pardoning what they did. And number five, it doesn't mean that we have to 
walk into this place of reconciliation because that may not always be possible. Number six, total forgiveness is not denying what they did. For us to deny that that an offense took place is almost always unconscious, suppressing what we really feel inside. Some people, for various, re- for various reasons, live in denial. And that is that they refuse to admit or come to terms with the reality of a bad situation. You know, I believe that we can all go there. It is sometimes painful to face the facts. And at times, denial seems to be an easy way, easy way out. Repression almost almost always has negative consequences for our psychological well-being. It does. We often do it involuntarily because in some situations the pain is too great to deal with on a conscious level. But repression cannot and it will not remove the wound. Even when the pain is pushed down into the cellar of our subconscious mind, It will still come out one way or another, often can be manifested um, with a person having high blood pressure, nervousness, irritability, or even a heart attack. Many victims of child abuse repress the memory of the event. The conscious mind cannot accept that a parent A trusted friend or a relative would do such a thing. So the victim often lives in denial. Rape victims experience this same phenomenon. Total forgiveness is not carried out by repressing the offensive event. True forgiveness can only be offered after we come to terms with reality. When we can admit that this person actually did or said this to us. Number seven, what total forgiveness is not. It is not blindness to what has happened. Now, um, some people, those who have a overly scrupulous conscience, feel that to forgive is to be willfully and consciously blind to the sin that was committed. But they feel that if they offer forgiveness, they're turning a blind eye to or ignoring the offense. And they believe that this would, in fact, be excusing a sin against God. But willful blindness is slightly different from repression. Blindness is a conscious choice to pretend that a sin did not take place. Repression is usually usually unconscious and involuntary. Both are wrong, and both can be psychologically damaging. So we can delay coming to terms with our own responsibility to forgive. Someone who's trying to forgive an offense but is actually pretending that the event never happened will eventually explode and become an offender themselves, all because they were not being true to the pain the original offense had caused. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul, the apostle, says that love keeps no record of wrongs. But he did not mean that you must be blind to those wrongs. 
You see, true forgiveness of a wrong does not pretend that no wrong is there. Paul is essentially saying that love does not store a wrong. That is, the wrong that was committed against us doesn't go into our mental computer to be reckoned with later. But the fact that there is something wrong, especially if it is staring you in the face, is not to be denied. In fact, the Greek word translated wrong in that particular verse is the word uh, kakon, K-A-K-O-N, which means evil. Because it is evil, it has to be acknowledged. Because the sin is evil, it must be acknowledged. We cannot be blind to it. We should not pretend it didn't happen. That is not what total forgiveness means. Sometimes if the person who hurt or wounded us is an authority figure or perhaps known to be very quote-unquote godly, we may say to ourselves, I didn't see this. I didn't hear this. This could not have happened. Therefore, it didn't. But the truth is, sometimes the people we admire the most can do the most hurtful things to us. And it is of no value to pretend we didn't see it happen. I know in my own walk with the Lord, um, I had a couple circumstances with pastors that were very mean and very rude to me. And I found that so offensive because, you know, they are the authority figure. They are the supposedly, you know, the Christ-like individual that is supposed to be modeling Christian behavior. So it's very confusing to an individual. Now, when that happened to me, I was a mature Christian, but it still hurt and it still bothered me. And you know, I, I had some difficulty just wrapping my brain around it and trying to understand it. And it really, really bothered me. But I had to come to a place of forgiveness. And so I can talk about the situation without feeling the hurt anymore. I can talk about the situation and not feel offended toward that individual. And I can, I was able to continue to stay at that church and to um, have, you know, a relationship and talk to the pastor just as if it never happened. But, you know, we can't be blind to the fact that it wasn't right. It did happen. And um, so we have to do what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13. We don't keep a record. We don't keep a ledger of the wrong. Now, that situation is minor compared to some things that people have experienced, whether that's rape or uh, abuse, physical abuse by, by a parent or a trusted friend or a relative. So those things are much more difficult for an individual to to work through 
but they can be worked through and they must be worked through. And so when you've experienced those things, there has to be a coming to terms with the reality that yes, they did happen. This person actually did do this to me. And now from that point, we have a choice to make. How are we going to work through that total forgiveness? Total forgiveness, total forgiveness is not forgetting. I mean, you've heard people say we must forgive and forget. And we understand what that means. They are equating true forgiveness with wiping the memory of the event from, from our mind. But literally, to forget may not be realistic. It is usually impossible for, to forget meaningful events in our lives, whether they're positive or negative. And sometimes deep trauma may cause amnesia of the event, but that is not a healthy form of forgetfulness. Often the way back to sanity after experience this, experiencing this type of amnesia is to try to remember everything in detail. You see, love doesn't erase our memories. And it is actually a demonstrator of, demonstration of greater grace when we are fully aware of what occurred. And here's the key. Here's the key. We still choose to forgive. So we're fully aware of what has happened to us, but we still choose to forgive. Now, God doesn't literally forget our sins. He chooses to overlook them. He knows full well what we have done. Every sordid detail, he knows well what others have done to us every sordid detail he chooses not to remember so as to hold our sins against us and that is precisely what we are to do although we may not be able to forget we can choose not to remember deep deep hurts may never be eradicated as though they never happened the truth is, they did happen. But even if we cannot totally forget, we must not dwell on them. So it is a demonstration of greater grace when, when truly we are fully aware of what has happened and we still choose to forgive. And let me just say that grace is a gift. It's a gift to help us heal and it's a gift to help us move forward in the healing process without grace we can't we can't move forward because in and of ourselves we are not able to forgive those who have deeply hurt us whether that's just a mental issue a verbal abuse or a sexual abuse without the grace of god we cannot move forward True forgiveness is not refusing to take the wrong seriously. I mean, we cannot truly forgive until we see clearly the offense we are forgiving and understand its seriousness. Some people may think that in order to forgive, they must dismiss a wrong or pass it off as, as insignificant or inconsequential. Incons but that's only avoiding the problem. 
trying to make forgiveness easier. The greater victory for the one who does the forgiving is to face up to the seriousness, even the wickedness of what has happened and still forgive. So there's no sin too great for God to forgive. He knows exactly what it is we've done or what's been done to us and what he is forgiving. He doesn't say, oh, that, wa- that, that wasn't, that's not too bad. I can e- easily wash this sin away. No, he sent his son to die for sin and Christ's sacri- sacrificial death proves just how serious a problem sin is. God doesn't pass off our sins a- as if they're inconsequential. Yet he forgives. He forgives totally. And last, number 10 is total forgiveness is not pretending that we are not hurt. It's ridiculous to think that we should have to keep a stiff upper lip, so to speak. When we've been injured by spouses, maybe they've been, uh, there's been infidelity, we've been betrayed, we've been molested or unjustly criticized. God let David know how grieved he was over the king's sins of adultery and murder. He didn't. Pretend not to be heard. David was a man after God's own heart. Yet God ruthlessly was impartial with David and he was grieved indeed. Even Jesus was hurt when he was struck in the face by the high priest's official. He even asked the man, why did you strike me? But Jesus was able to go on to say in Luke 23, 24, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And ultimately, friends, that's where we have to end up. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. I will just say, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King talked about freedom at last, freedom at last. My friend, if you want freedom at last, You will desire and long to walk in total forgiveness. I truly hope these messages on total forgiveness are helping you to come to a place of freedom in your soul, in your mind, and in your heart. So I look forward to being with you again next week. You can go to www.pureheart.today, excuse me, And listen to this podcast again. If you would like to contribute to this ministry and help bless us and continue to keep us on the air, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. With that, I'll say goodbye. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you you.